Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. How's it going? I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Hello, I'm Nick. And you know, this week we're going to kind of, you know, jump in the wheel of, uh, you know, still through our 3D printing pieces and parts. And, you know, we're going to kind of touch on, um, you know, the extruder portion of it. By the way, sorry, allergies are kicking my ass right now. Can't help it. My bad. Um, so, kind of sound like Kermit the Frog. Um, mm-hmm. So, but with that, you know, <laughs> extruders. Extruders are a fundamental part of a printer, if you think about it. You know, it's what gets filament from point A to point B. And then what makes sure that you're getting adequate amount of flow through the hot end, through the nozzle, down the bit. Pretty much simple way of doing it, you know, motor, gear, <coughs> done, right? So, now, we start talking about extruders. If you think about it, you know, if we think about, so, how we want to kind of break this down is, there's many different types of extruders, and what we want to do is we want to break those down. Yeah. So, we want to talk about the dual gears, the single gears, the plus and minuses of both of those, and kind of what they're used for. Also... The direct feed extruders. Yeah. So we're going to kind of touch on all three of those. Um, so, you know, I guess first and foremost, um, you know, when we're, think- when we're talking about single gear, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Most, most of your printer out the door is going to be single gear unless they explicitly say dual gear extrusion. Um, uh, I, I mean, if you're talking single gear, that's your standard Ender 3. Um uh, I think that most people are going to work with that, but there's inefficiencies that come from it, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, when we boil it down to <clears throat> what is an extruder, is it pushing your plastic through the hot end, like yeah. through the Bowden tube or however? Um, but yeah, with you have preferably Capricorn. It's it's about it's a, something about the PTF tubing of Capricorn. It's it's so much better. Um, now, when you're thinking about a single gear pushing that through the, like the um, PTFE tube there is like friction is heavily in my mind. Mm-hmm. So you have one single gear pushing the pushing the plastic. Uh, it needs to be able to catch and push through and not bind up. You know, bind or the friction from the PTFE tube cause it to like get stuck in the nozzle. Honestly, like the worst worst case scenario, you get a clog, and that clog is at the heat break, mm-hmm. so it's just close enough to where a little bit of it melts out, but it's too far to like be completely melted. So then it molds into a blockage, and then you can't pull it out or push it through. That is a, that is usually what you know. What the issue is, yeah. Yeah, it means you need to tear down your hot end, and that's not fun. Um, or or crank the heat if it can take it. You know. And the thing is, if you think about it, you know, extruders are also, especially a single gear, is limited by the, the type of filament that you can run. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, you can either run a dual gear, you know, the thing is with a, with a single gear, pretty much stuck to PLA, ABS, and some of your harder filaments at that, but it, I don't think it can print um, some of your softer. Nope. TPU? Uh, nope. Or TPE or whatever it is. None of that. Extra flexible yeah. stuff. Well, you, you think about it, and, and I'll toss it over to you, Ed, as well, because, like, for me, I view it as, like, it's a physics, like, a, you can equate it to a physics equation. Like, yeah. it's surface area. Right. Like, how much surface area am I able to impact on this, you know, tube of plastic or this roll or spool of plastic so that it moves, and how much is too much? How much is not enough? And there is a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, what, what do you think about, like, uh... Uh, how, how that kind well, of functions. I, I think the big thing is when we're talking uh, single and uh, dual gear, <clears throat> it's, it's, like that is contact, but if you're running PLA, you just start it. Uh, most of the times, it's either you uh, are using material that's inferior, either you made some adjustment to the mechanical tension that holds the friction on the... Uh, the bearing that's supporting one side of the uh, one side of the uh, filament, or uh, you're uh, you're uh, when you're pushing out the material, maybe the nozzle's not hot enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're not at the right temperature, mm-hmm. and that can also have an effect because it's not uh, solidifying or liquefying. Excuse me, not liquefying quick enough. Right. So the viscosity, so the viscosity is not correct. Mm-hmm. It's not going which from, liquid means to a, from a solid. You're trying to, to feed, but you you're binding. <clears throat> yeah. So you you have like you said, there is a uh, sweet spot that you have to make sure that the liquefaction of the filament and the speed and also the uh, the tension that you have on that particular filament and the filament itself are all, uh, I would say, ideal. Because if not, you're going to run into problems, even with PLA. Not all filaments have the same... They're all polymers, they're all plastics, Mm -hmm. but PLA from one brand, it does not equal PLA from another brand. Also, PLA from the same brand, you know, if you had it like, got it like a year ago, might not be the same composition as the PLA now as well. Right, when you start dealing with like recycling PLAs and stuff like that, then you never know what the heck you're getting your hands on. Yeah. Really. You know, and but the thing is, is all of that, you know, is uh, written on the box. <coughs> Most yes. of the time. Please. Um, you know, they put it on the box. They kind of tell you what temperatures you need to have, where you have to run at, you know, and, and stuff like that. So that's something, you know, that is a world of help at that point. They also put a warning on there if you need to have certain things to be able to print, you know, their material mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, you know, with that, we kind of, you know, know what the, the pluses and the minuses are of a single gear extruder. Um, so, you know, it's like, if you had to go back and do it again, would you run the single gear to start with? Oh, no, hands down, I would have, I would have gone to a dual gear immediately. Yeah, well, immediately. I mean, we have to remember, you know, the, the birth of the, you know, uh, 3D printer was based on hobbyist machines. So when you start talking about changing, you know, mechanical ratios and uh, changing the actual physics of something, that's going more from hobbyist to more commercial or industrial. So that that be, that was born out of P 
people who want to use other filaments outside or exotic filaments mm-hmm. instead of just using PLA. Now, yeah, the rep rap movement. Yeah, so I mean, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, of course now it's it's more it's probably more advantageous to have dual gear. I mean, no matter what filament you're printing, more contact surface is better. Uh, but I, I I do believe you know even with the dual um, gears you still have to take into consideration all of those things we said the filament itself you know the e steps from you know the uh, extruder you're using you know the speed that you're running you know the nozzle mm-hmm. so if I run a bigger nozzle okay now I can push more material mm-hmm. so how does that affect the feed rate? So yeah. all those things you have to take into consideration, even with a dual gear. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned the feed rate too, because I don't I don't want to take too much of a side like diversion here, but like uh, we talked about, you guys have actually seen probably the single point lesson for the, the bed leveling, but there there is also should be soon a bed a uh, single point lesson for um, the flow rate. So adjusting mm-hmm. flow rate in clipper, adjusting flow rate in um, um, with your standard, you know, Marlin firmware too. Like they're not the same thing. They're named differently, so you're gonna have to be careful. But that's something that should be relatively easy, yeah. and it will affect your print. Yeah, it's gonna be on one of our our next videos that we're yeah. gonna do. Yeah, you know, I know we're gonna start talking about a lot of nozzle stuff too yeah. soon. Also, through some single point lesson videos, and then we'll get into you know backing our way up into the hot end extruders and whatnot until we get to where we want to be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that kind of leads us, you know, down that magical rabbit hole um, to the next step. You know, pretty much the, 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 the next movement, you know, for, for these things is to your dual gears. You know, once we go into dual gear extruders, you know, you start dealing with more of your advanced, you know, extruders on the market, you know, right now. more, You know, there's probably some more out there that, you know, they haven't really, you know, dinked with yet. <clears throat> and I'm sure they'll get to it. Yeah, if it's quality, it's going to be a dual gear. Yeah. Just, I, I'm thinking, I mean, all the things that you mentioned earlier, Ed, as far as the benefits of, of having a dual gear, also with the added benefit of, you know, if you have the same motor, it's going to have to be working twice as hard if it's got single gear. Mm-hmm. So you're working down, maybe not completely in half, but you're working down that engine or that motor's lifetime, or maybe those that gear is going to go out quicker than this dual gear will. So... Yeah, and, and of course it does affect it does matter what that tension is, but at the end of the day, the wear and tear on your parts are gonna be what frustrates you most. Right. And, and the ability to print the, the fun stuff, like, yeah. you know, TPU and you start you can start really oh, yeah. printing that, that really slimy TPU. Um and one that I saw the other day, it's a foaming TPU that when it prints it foams. There's also like the ones, so, isn't there the one with like the dissolvable yeah. uh, as well supports? That's yep. pretty cool. And it has to be printed with a dual gear extruder because it's about the same consistency of, of uh, uh, TPU or, mm-hmm. you know, um, at least the ones I've seen, some of them might be, you know, same as PLA, yeah. you know, which could be interesting. Yeah. I, I think another thing to consider is like the, whether it's a uh, all metal extruder or if it's, you know, Plastic and metal extruded. I think yeah. that that plays a part too. You know, it's more robust. Uh, uh, the other thing you have to look at is the distance from where you're pushing that filament to your uh, 
to your uh, heat break mm -hmm. when it goes into, you know, your actual, from there into your nozzle and so forth. So you have to look at all of those things, too, and see yeah. if you have a big distance between it, then right. maybe, maybe it's more likely that you can have a jam. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think, um, we, I mean, a dual gear, single gear, to, to me, that's still Bowden tube tech, right? So, right. like, we can definitely, like, those, it, it's, it's moving in the right direction, mm -hmm. but I think the extruder can even evolve even further yeah. uh, because you, you, you just kind of brought up the piece, like how far am I bringing this filament or to the, to the hot end? How far is it? What is that distance? And at the end of the, the end of the day, your motor is doing more work. If you have to push it through, you know, a foot, two foot tube, as opposed to what would, I would say would be the next natural progression is a d direct drive. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, necessarily, the direct drive doesn't have to be a single or a dual, preferably dual again. Yeah. But, like, whenever we're kind of talking about if you hear single gear, dual gear extruder, and they don't tell you direct drive, it's going to be a Bowden tube. And to be honest with you, direct drive might be a better option. Yeah. But it just depends on your situation, too, though. Exactly. It's like, you know, some people can't, like, like for example, all your enders are all going to be Bowden tubes. Most of them, yeah, at least. Most of them. Your basic ender threes, ender fives, and all that fun stuff will be a will be a Bowden tube setup. It's gonna have the mile long, um, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Capricorn tubing in between, you know, the hot end and the you know, sure, mm -hmm. you know. So, but you know, I th I think you know we'll definitely hit the um, direct drive stuff. But like you said, it's it's also a space thing because yeah. you know. Direct driving, you put the film on top or somewhere where it can, you know, feed while others you can put it in a different location, dry, feed dry box, and it's just going to, you know, take it as it needs it. Yeah. And then, That's something true. we didn't touch That's on, true. Yeah. The, uh, the anatomy of the uh, extruder, you know, basically you're looking at gears, motors, and teeth. Yeah. And it's yeah. a ratio. Yeah. Right. Normally it's three to one, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so that's that's another thing that uh, you should uh, verify and look into yeah. when you buy an extruder. And calculating that stuff out is that, yeah. fun. Because maybe you have to mess with each steps or something, you know. Right. Because this, this one is maybe not adjusted correctly. Right. I mean, you may have to do some adjusting on the extruder straight out the box. It may not be just mounted mm -hmm. and, and run, you know. That may not be the case all the time. Yeah. yeah. Some printers, on the other hand, like you know, some of your enders and Prusas and stuff like that, might not have to adjust as much. Um, and they're already preset in their firmware because it's based off of the filament that it knows you're going to run, yeah. Yeah. which is going to be PLA or ABS. Um, and so. God forbid if you run in curve. That's what a lot of people started on, man. That's what a lot yeah, of people use. God forbid. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan, but I mean, it's I can see I can see how it was used. I'm just saying. I mean, you, but it's you can it's, adjust it's, your flow rate on in there too. We're just yeah. gonna I mean, talk about you need some quality of life improvements. That's all. Yeah. Well, if, it, if you like a challenge, some, you like a yeah. challenge, then you know, cure maybe. Yeah. I, there's there's some people out there that are diehard cure users. All I'm saying I'm is, there is Ultimaker Ed Ed Brown's got some notes for you. Um, he he'll he'll send you an email shortly. <laughs> on how you can improve. It's yeah. probably going to be right in your yeah. delete box. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe when... You should take first, it seriously. <laughs> when, we, when we first started with 3D printers, that was, you know, the avenue to go. But, like, yeah. there was a different... A lot of the um, software out there now that's more flexible. The funny thing is, is most that's of it true. all came off of the Slicer program. 
Yeah, you, um, you know, that's where it all derived from. That's true. Most of the time, there's still people that use that too. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, it there there is a line of complexity too that's for some people is, you know, when you get into those like super slicer or those special ones that like, you know, you need clipper or you need it for clipper or this or that. Like Prusa is a safe, a safe Prusa slicer. I should say, I should say is a safe, mm-hmm. you know, place for a lot of people to kind of jump off from. But, like, once you get into those specialty niche things, like, it's, it'll do most of what you need. Yeah, and the thing is, is most of the time you also have the, the, um, save settings. Yeah. Stuff like that. Your save profiles. You know, that's before we even get into the S-Vol type system and stuff like that. Um, you know, the S-Vol is just a Prusa knockoff. Yeah, configuration. Um, but same configuration. Well, here's the thing. If... You're getting into 3D printing, you know, and you're new to it, then basically you're probably not going to make a, a lot of changes in the beginning. I, I, I have not. <clears throat> but how many people have a microwave? Who goes and reprograms the uh, firmware on the microwave? You do every time you change the clock. I'm just kidding. You do. <laughs> That's pretty okay. much it, though. <laughs> I mean, or, or the refrigerator. Yeah, you're not going and changing what those so buttons are doing. If, so, if, yeah. if it's an appliance and the appliance is used... The way it was meant to be used, that's fine. But if you're tinkering yeah. and you're yeah. you're trying to get performance out of it, or you're trying to say, well, what can it do? You yeah. know, basically like you're doing a bench test. If you're doing a bench test and you want to get the most performance out of it, then of course you're going to mess with those settings. Yeah. So Cura is probably okay if you just want out of the box and just print, you know, normal PLA, you know, items. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to, you know, do PLA plus and do some fancy bust, or maybe you're trying to do a statue, mm-hmm. then maybe you're going to have some issues, and you're going to have to make some changes. Yeah. Or maybe you've run the nozzle for <coughs> six months, and you didn't pay attention, and now the diameter is larger. Mm-hmm. So it's now, flat. Yeah. Yeah, so you, those yeah, it happens things, a lot more than you think. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I mean, eventually you will have to do something to the printer other than yeah. print. Yeah. But, you know... That's it's one of those things where you know it's good. It's gonna happen. You know the theory. Uh, theory is of you know it is what it is. You know, and it's gonna it's gonna be it is what it is when it gets to you because uh, you have to deal with something. It was what it was. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, especially it, when everything disappears. Is, yeah. You know, it's you know things stops when one thing goes to another. So you know, I kind of want to you know kind of I I think our longest portion of this entire conversation is about ready to happen. Oh no! Yeah, there's there's more. We we well, it's the fact that you know we um, now we can transition from that because most of those printers we just talked about are also all direct drive. Mm. So now we can hop into the wonderful world of direct drives. Yeah. You know the the, the fancy dancy stuff out there. I was say it gets a little weird. Yeah, a little weird. The reason I say it gets a little weird is that, like... What is it, the big 3D thing that you can actually... It's a extruder, hot end, all built into one package, and it's about the size of a dollar bill. Yeah, you get everything all in one. But now you got the ones that's the big 3D, what, water? Water cooling. The water cooling. Like, you got a little water cooling loop that you have set up, which is wild. Like, that's crazy. Why do you... Why... Okay. 
Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense if you do if you want to keep. But like, you know, yeah, before but, we we go down that ramp, an industrial right here though. <laughs> I have a feeling that that one's going to lead to a ramp. Oh yeah, um, it will. It will. It's going to lead to a discussion. So, um, first and foremost, the benefits. Okay. We'll 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 start with the actual, I guess, path we want to go down before we start um, having our 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 big three D. Um, conversation because honestly I'm not going to lie I kind of want one um because I want to see how this thing goes I kind of want I want all of them though I want to try it just to see if it's you know if everybody everybody says the damn thing's great so I'm willing to give it a shot well the E3DS Camaro is, is one that everybody's oh, yeah. talking about now because it cut that distance that everybody else still has yeah. there is no there is no distance from the extruder to the to the heat break that's also the one that they're who, who makes Chimera? Uh, E3. 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 Oh, okay, well then, no, I was, I was going yeah, to say that's Mosquito, one, but that's hot 10, 10 gil- kilograms of pushing. Yeah. And then it's like a 73 to 22 gear ratio. Okay. But so, like, it's, it's, it, now, the, now, I did see a review, and the guys did complain about you know, when you get a uh, a jam. Yeah, you got to take it apart. Yeah. That, okay, so yeah. let's get into that real quick. Yeah. So, the benefits of a, of a drag drive. A little bit closer oh. to it. A little bit easier to maintain. Well, not really. Um, and it's not as compact as you think it is. And it, but it was faster. It's it not is, as, it, it is was faster. six. It was sixty where faster. everything else was thirty. Yeah. Yeah, it's much faster. I think that was one of the key things: is is you're eliminating that tube, you're eliminating the distance it needs to pull or push. However, you with that, any deficiencies are shown immediately. Yeah. Exactly. So. If you get a bit of a skip, or if you hit a click and the gears skip at all, then you're gonna notice immediately in your print there's a there's a defect. Yeah, there's so, delamination. Yeah, so that's that's the worrisome part for me. But the nice thing is it, I mean honestly, if I'm looking at it, it's very seamless in what that is, and and in a lot of cases you can set like the filament spool up above. And then it's just using gravity mm-hmm. to really do most of the work as opposed to sometimes the dual gear extruder or the single gear like standard extruder with the Bowden tube is working to spin your spool yeah. and pull the plastic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the thing is it's also... So, if you I mean, use, that's a piece. If you use a, 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 you know, a direct drive, you can actually make the package smaller. Yeah. You know, you can theoretically make printers smaller. Yeah. You know, because there's not that much going on. You know, and the thing is, is direct drives are great. You know, I got one on the um, uh, on the Voron, and you know, I got that one on that, and I got a, a Bowden tube set up on the the Ender Five, and I'm gonna tell you, I already freaking know, I already noticed the benefits of the of the direct drive, because I can easily yeah. swap out filaments without even thinking about it. Yeah, I I mean, but then again, that's a whole different bag of nails. I I hate to be like the one that just beats beats the like uh, Bowden tube down just continuously, but like. Steel is much better. One piece of the one of the issues that I have with the Bowden tube is if you're not doing Capricorn, which if you got the basic stuff, you didn't get a Capricorn Bowden tube. You got the stock, like white tube. Um, if you try to print ABF, you're gonna not only be printing melting your filament, you're gonna be melting your Bowden tube. Yep. So it that's too hot for your Bowden tube. So not only does it give you going to direct drive gives you less of a chance that the tube melts because the tube's not there. Um, well, that's to say so that, that, there's the less of a tube. And not the cold end. Yeah. 
So, so there's less of that. a tube there too. So yeah, actually, because yeah. there there is there is a bit of a tube on direct yeah, drives, yeah. but it's for like, example, like mine, I, I switched mine out. They were it called for Capricorn tubing, yeah. not Capricorn, but it called for boat for PTFE. Hey, put some Capricorn tubing on my Voron. When I built the Voron, I used Capricorn tubing inside the hot end. Yeah, you know, just to make sure that was taken care of. I didn't have any issues there and whatnot. Yeah. You know, now I feed my extruder with a uh, PTFE lined tube. But that's only because that's what they recommend, and that's what feeds to the hole. Yeah. So, because some some people are using uh, all metal there now too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It'd probably be a good idea. I mean, honestly, where you can use all metal, like, because because there is there is a direct drive kit that I have for my Ender that I got um, for my brother the other uh, day, and he. Mm-hmm. So it's all metal. The whole thing's metal, but you relocate everything that you currently have onto it and mount it in the place of where your hot end is now. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but um, it's, it's like a relocation bracket. Yeah, but but you're right. It is bigger than you think, and you take the motor that was on the side and it's not on that other gantry on on the like, counterweighting something. It's in the center now. So if you have not a uh, dual Z um, lead screws, you don't have two lead screws. You risk some type of you right. know. Angle shifts and yeah. issues like that. And the thing about having an extruder out on the on the uh, arm is that's a little bit more weight. And depending on the movements you're trying to do, sometimes you know when you're trying yeah. to do those movements, you may run into issues. Just because it, it can only mm-hmm. it can only print the liquid the liquefied plastic as fast as the stepper can move. Yeah. Repeatedly. Yeah. You know, most of the time it's okay, but say it's something you have to make a fast movement on, you know, then maybe and you can maybe you have some problem with that extra mass. Oh, if if you're going straight out of the out of the box, like trying to do fast prints, you're gonna have issues if you don't mess with your retraction yeah. settings. Um, so where when it goes from one layer to the other, and, and when it crosses a perimeter or anything like that, if it's not like if you're not retracting your tool head and retracting the filament a little bit, you're gonna have a bit of artifact when you come back on the next mm-hmm. layer. You know, it's just, you know, the big thing is, is if you're going to go direct drive, make sure that your setup is kind of ready for it. You know, make sure you have extra supports in there to hold it steady so it's not moving around. You know, make sure your speeds are set up, everything is set up. If anything, you know, go to a top get top gantry, you know, system kind of like the Ender 5. Or, you know, go to a Core XY type of system that is running on the Voron. You know, if you really want to go to a direct drive, most people are really good about direct drives. Be you know on like Ender five on the Ender threes because they have dual uh, dual gear um, uh, dual Z's. They have all that stuff set up. They have the extra kickout supports ready to go because it's holding it steady. And you're you're playing with with leverage here. Yeah, when, you, when you're saying dual Z's, you're talking about two extruders, right? Two no, le- two, two gears, leads, two leads. Oh, oh, yeah. So so basically, well, where do you fall on dual extruders? I mean, we already oh, talked about that's a whole. So, just I mean, without getting well, into a whole other topic, just general. Well, what, what, well, no. The what thing you, is, it still falls think, into how do those two things work together? So, if I'm doing a print to, with those two, to appease both you guys, I think it falls into the extrusion talk. I, I think it does too. I th- I agree, it does. I think that it falls under like uh, special cases. Exactly. I just think um, it's it's outside the realm of a single gear, dual gear. Oh, yeah. Or a direct drive. Because now you're talking like... Right. Now you're in a specialty yeah. drive type, yeah. of, type of setup. So it's yeah. not like a like a hurdle that you need to leap to be a professional at printing right. or get you know proficient at printing. 
but it is a hurdle, like a sidestep that you can do. That's like pretty, pretty impressive. And it's on. And the thing is, it's on your. The the thing is to make it work, Mm -hmm. to make a dual gear extruder work efficiently. It's all in your slicer settings. So here's the question. So if I want to make two different colors, you better have two nozzles. No, if I have two separate extruders, right? Running dual extruders, you know. If if I've seen that, so I want to do a multicolored something, a statue. Mm -hmm. I want to have light and dark so I can have contrast to show off the contours of that sculpture. Mm -hmm. So normally, the old way you would print, retract the filament, purge the filament out of the nozzle, put new filament in there, do another purge, run a test. To mm-hmm. verify that the your your uh, height is right, mm-hmm. you know, because it should normally be with half of whatever the filament, excuse me, half of whatever the diameter of the nozzle is, um, that that height. Mm-hmm. Um, so, say point four, you you know you you're talking point two, you know, but depends for, the, on, for the height, you know, depends you, on you, what can, you can change. You can change it in the slicer. Yeah, but normally yeah. they recommend Standard. at least Standard. half. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I wanted to do that, normally it was more work. But with two two extruders working at the same time, printing different portions of the of the uh, print, or I want to do batch printing with two of them. I want to print a statue. Hit prints one extruder prints half, another extruder prints the other half, and I assemble. It's less time. So, what do you what do you guys think about from that aspect? It, it's specialized, and it's kind of getting off topic a little bit. But how do you guys feel about the possibility or the potential for batch? Oh, I think it's case by case. I mean, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. They're doing this. There's, like, have you looked at the shear on or how big the... So here's here's a, a bed the size of the Ender, which is about, I want to say, 7 by 7 foot, or inch, sorry, um, board. Uh, I've seen printers that have four, so each one has a quadrant on that big, that mm-hmm. bigger bed, mm-hmm. and each one's doing the same print. So the main, yep. main printer uh, um, motherboard is handling, hey, this is my print, mm-hmm. and the commands are being duplicated or cloned to all, right. all of the nozzles. nozzles. And that's basically what an industrial, most industrial 3D printing applications, mm-hmm. that's normally how they work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if I looked at it in an industrial <clears throat> situation, if you're doing that and kind of doing like, kind of yeah. like the pick and place next, if it's printing those things yeah. and then mm-hmm. moving next to the pick and place right. robot, the, that's, only, that's the only difference your is, is you, you're not using steppers, you're using servos, and servos are a lot more accurate mm-hmm. as far as yeah. repeatability and feedback with whatever you're using. You yeah. know. Well, that's when right. I would go to like your your um, the belt kits. You know, If I was to do like a pick-and-play setup, I'd use a belt kit mm-hmm. that pulls it forward, and then you'd be picked off of the belt. Yeah. You know, or some people do with yeah. gravity. Yeah. You take the belt, take it away, no, no, let it go to the edge, and it mm-hmm. falls into a box. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is if you're talking about yeah. dual extruder, dual nozzle, you know, setup, you know, I've seen some of them, yeah, they're called the duplicator series. Yeah. Okay. So you got to duplicate whatever the other one does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, some of them you can find them on Amazon, I think they're duplicator series that does that. I've also seen people do it, I don't know how, but, you know, they're working some ghost magic. Doing dual stealth burners on a boron of my size, mm. so you got two nozzles <clears throat> printing the same thing every single time. Two extruders because they're both direct drives. It's got to have a stationary position that's out of the way somehow. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make sense. No, okay. they move on their own. 
I gotta see. I gotta well, see. here's the thing that 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 like I said, and then we, we probably. But now here's 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 the thing. This is now where you can really get into a, a funny situation here. You can get the dual. You can get the, your dual extruder, but you can do a Y nozzle. Yeah. So you'd have two colors coming in the same nozzle. Which that 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 would be a good benefit too. But what if you could do that with do the same thing with four extruders? So now we get yeah. crazy. Well, then you get like oh, an MMU with a so, nozzle. So by the way, then you get like an MMU. You yeah. you said you're getting crazy, but we were talk we're talking specialty like extruders, and like there was a so there was a a, a research project done at Stanford. No, no, no. I think it was Harvard. It was Harvard. Um, one of those schools. Yeah, it was one of the Ivy League schools. But one of the special people schools. She, she was trying to print while twisting the filament. Oh yeah, we we saw that. And she had four filaments coming through, yeah. even though the and they weren't conventional like a spool of plastic. They were like liquefied, like resin type, like cured. So yeah. I mean, listen, well, we get we're getting crazy. So yeah. that that's like bleeding yeah. edge though. Like, if you really want to get into something, there's some dude on 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 YouTube right now. I saw his video the other day. He is trying to take the resin that you'd put in a resin printer or something something thereof and printing it with Ender 3. That ain't gonna work. You need a black light or something. No, he does. He has one attached to the hot end. Okay, well, then it's gonna work probably. But no, not very well, but it works. It does yeah, something. It's, it's, it's gonna cure But it. the thing is, is that's still an extruder. Yeah. Uh, well, just, well, a, just a vacuum pump. It, here's a thought, and then, I, I, like I said, we probably want to get funny. back to uh, the, the topic because we did go off just a little bit. So, two, well, that's two part epoxy, right? Mm-hmm. So two-part epoxy basically it's, it's a polymer, right? Yeah. You know, you take this substance and this substance and together. Yep. So what if you were able to do that with extruders, two parts of two types of material, uh, and have them react with each other to, to, you know, solidify? Sounds like a bad time because leak. So yeah. yeah but, well, <laughs> if I got two extruders, so the, the point is, is you have two tubes. Oh, okay. Like with the epoxy, you would right. have to either have two tubes or two separate. Yeah, components that come together to to make that. Then maybe you could start to maybe the metal aspect that everybody's trying to get to could be easier mm-hmm. because basically they take a binder, right? Yeah. They take they take a, a a powder and then that powder is mixed with like a binder and then that binder is uh, formed, compressed, and then it's put into it's annealed basically in the oven. Yeah. You know. But what if you were able to do those things, you know, with a printer? Yeah. With, with different, I don't, I have no clue as to how that's done. It's just, we're having a Star Trek moment, yeah. so we're going to go. Well, Star Trek's real, and <laughs> the future is now because but this is happening already, by the way. It's not Star Wars. So, yeah, it's not, oh, yeah, it is what it is. But, but what's happening is... Get you people. Uh, what's happening is, is that like he says that because I'm mean, probably one of the very few Trekkies here. Everybody else hates these Star Wars movies. I'm I'm a Trekkie diehard. Come on up. Well, if Star Wars can stick with one storyline. It's okay. Yeah, I agree with you. It, that hey. would be nice. Look, I get lost halfway yeah, through. I'm like, where the hell are yeah, we? We're not, we're gonna, we're not gonna go down this rabbit hole because we'll be here all yeah, night. Okay. Yeah. But no. Star Trek does not have a Darth Vader. No one cares. That's that's true. No, Darth Vader is awesome. They got a Kang though. I got a, I got a, I got a Captain Picard and you know come yeah, on he's no <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah. so but, but what I was saying is is the future is now and, and the, the, what they do is is there's two filaments so one is a the uh, dissolvable dissolvable 
Is that the one with the dissolvable support? That was hard. Why is that so hard to say? Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. So you put it in and like an alcohol or like isopropyl, mm-hmm. and it dissolves away. Okay. Um, but you print the supports in that, and then you use a different material and print your your structure. And that was the one that had the. It was the ball that had like several, like kind of like a Russian nesting ball had uh, mm-hmm. a Russian nesting. Egg. Yeah, it has more eggs inside of it. Mm-hmm. It had a. Um, a bunch of those, and they were all tied to a, sim- a single axis, and you could spin all of them. So they could okay. spin separately. So it was really cool, but you can't do that standardly without supports. And, you know, I, I mean, honestly, I've done some things where I've had lots of supports, and tearing off the supports destroyed my print. Yeah. Well, so, um, me too. I, yeah. I, I guess, like I said, the biggest thing with the instrument. Well, I can't from, get the, the supports off. From, uh, exactly. It's part of the print now. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I say, still from a be- beginner's point of view, like, I haven't had that many issues with the extrude. I got to find a stir about something. Just wait till you get like a couple hundred hours in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I printed now. I've, yeah, I'm not I'll saying that. I'm probably close yeah. to 100 hours because yeah. remember, I've printed some stuff. But. Uh, the funny story with the extruder was, you know, of course, you know, you you saw us do the the video where I was uh, giving some steps, you know, and here's the way you calibrate your uh, level your bed and so forth. So I did that. Um, although, you know, maybe I didn't pay enough attention. So I had a situation where I had to change the spool of filament. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just, you know, heat it up, you know, obvious. Like I'll just pull it out and I was like, trying to get this tube off. I was like, man, this sucks. This tube hard to get off. Took the clip off everything. I said, nah. I said, if it's this hard to get off, it's gonna be that hard to get back on. I said, nah, I'll figure out a different way. <laughs> so I, I true. so <laughs> I, I kept on messing with it. I said, you know what? Something is not right. I, I I couldn't remember what setting to do to you know to reverse the stepper to have it pull it out with the heat. I was like, hmm. Something told me, hey, just heat it up and push this little lever. And you push this little lever to move the tension, and you just pull it out backwards. Mm-hmm. Of course, I had to feed it back in. You know, I was like, uh, so that was a little bit of adventure too. So, the the moral of the story is, is if you have not changed the uh, filament, it's a little bit of an adventure the first time. Now, yeah, the funny part is, I think everybody's got an extruder story. Like the first time I built mine, well, and th- this goes out to Creality and their wonderful geniuses. Switcher wires. It was the first time I built, we built mine. Well, the extruder was backwards. Yeah, don't switch it out of the gate because it might be right. Yeah, yours might be right. But if things are doing things exactly opposite, it's not your firmware. It's wired backwards. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to pull a pin, reinsert a pin, and pray it works now. I mean, to me, it looks like it, it felt like your Ender uh, 5 was built using refurbed Ender 3 parts. It probably was. Or at the very least, a refurb Ender 3 um, motherboard with the firmware as that because it was acting like it was set up like an Ender 3. Yeah, more than likely. More than likely that a wrong firmware on it. But now I don't have to worry about that because I run Clipper. Yeah. So. Learn your firmware. Yeah. Slashing it's so easy. Yeah, and just, just change firmwares and you'd be good to go. Yeah. But, you know, then you can do it all on the, all in the firmware settings you don't have to worry about it no more. But, you know, for me, I think unless we wanted to get down onto the uh, the more interesting ones of the liquid cooled hot ends and extruders. I mean, but we could do specialty extruders too, as, as its own own like 
full episode because definitely it's it's something like the limit like are yeah. endless. Yeah, you, and we want to play with a couple of them, so you might see us playing with them. Yeah, on a you know on a on a test rig on we YouTube talk channel. About innovation and like these are all the innovative ones. Like I mean, honestly, what we we could have talked a bit more on the nozzle and some of the things that like were that even came out last year at um um the rapid tct convention like yeah. some of the things being presented there blows your, blows my mind oh yeah and you know the thing is is you know we'll get into all that we'll get into a more like say advanced episode later on so but you know for me i think that that brings us to the end so the thing is is like you know i want to thank everybody who listens every single week you know, if you're one of those people that I, you know, I see the areas pop up. If y'all listen to us every single week, you know, we highly appreciate it. You know, if you're new here, um, you know, stick around a little bit. It'll be a little interesting. Um, enjoy the ride. You know, we, we appreciate it. Um, we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for y'all. Um, we keep seeing more and more and more every year and every so often. And also, um, if y'all are going to be in Chicago the first week of May uh, at the Rapid TCT event, you might see us walk around in there. You'll see it. We'll have shirts on. You'll know who we are. Uh, you know, come up, say hi. You know, we'll we'll talk to you and you know, pick your brain and you pick ours, and we'll be more than happy to have a conversation with you. And if anything, if you got an interesting story or something like that, you know, we might do a, a quick quick episode or something like that, or get you on one of the the YouTube things real quick. We'll do something. Um, you know, with that, we hope to be you know live streaming at least on the YouTube at least once a day. You know, I think you know the conclusion of it kind of as a, a hot wash. You know, for the afternoon to say, hey, this is where our target was, and this yeah. is do we accomplish our target, and you know, do we see anything interesting? You know, so, but that's just you know what I'm thinking. So, you know, I thank you, y'all. I really do appreciate it. You know, I wouldn't keep doing this if it wasn't for y'all. And uh, you know, go check out the YouTube channel, check out the blog. You know, we're doing some good things over there. Um, so, but I'm gonna turn it over to the guys, and uh, we'll see you later. Yeah. So I just like to say we appreciate you guys' <clears throat> support. Appreciate everybody listening. Uh, um. We would like to take a poll this week. You know, maybe you could, uh, in the comments, leave uh, what type of uh, extruder you have on your 3D printer. You know, uh, what what's your setup? Your dual, your single, uh, loading tube, or direct? You know, just a short little comment on what you're running on your uh, your printer. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, and, and yeah, guys, yeah, same thing. I echo these guys. Thanks so much. Um, nice to see people listening um if we've helped like a single person it's worth it i mean just talking to these guys we've created a lot of problems for ourselves but we've fixed a lot more so um it's 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 definitely rewarding in what you can do with it so um yeah stay tuned too uh we have uh those those single point lessons as well are going to be kind of uh, more uh important i would say um they're going to be good for you guys to learn if you're getting stuck anywhere if you have a specific problem uh, because it is where we were stuck yep. and how we fixed it, so or what we need to do or what you should do. So, stay tuned for those things. And uh, yeah, once again, guys, I, I appreciate it. All right, y'all. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.